Thank you for joining us on our podcast for Faith Center Church. We hope today's message builds you up and brings you hope right where you're at. Hope you enjoyed the message. I want to talk about fear. How many, uh, ever, how many of you have ever dealt with fear before? How many may be dealing with some fear right now? You know, how many know fear can be paralyzing? I mean, fear can be paralyzing. I've dealt with it when, when, ah, gosh, years ago, probably a couple years ago. I was just going through it, just, just very fearful. Uh, I, I don't know what. It was just a, a midlife crisis. I don't know what it was, but just dealing with fear. And, you know, when I say fear can be paralyzing, I've kind of got a funny story to go with that. Um, years ago, years ago, I was probably 15, 16 years ago, we went to a, the water park down there across from Six Flags in Dallas, Texas. How many know where that's at? You, what, what's that called? Hurricane, Hurricane Harbor. Harbor. Yes, Hurricane Harbor. And when you walk in the Hurricane Harbor, I don't know if it's this way now, but you walk in, there was a, a huge steel pendulum rods, and they had a big swing. And they'd bring you way up in there and, and let go and just swing you right over the harbor. How many know what I'm talking about? Have you seen that? There's a sign there that says, make you feel like a kid again. I think I went too far back. I looked at that thing, and my daughter, who has no fear whatsoever of anything, listened to me and goes, Daddy? She's, I don't know, how old are you, Maddie? You're a little bitty girl. She goes, Daddy, are you going to ride it? Like, you're my hero, Dad. I know you're going to ride this. And I'm like, I hate heights. I'm scared to death of heights. You shouldn't say, Craig, you're scared to death. I'm scared to death of heights. I don't like heights. And so she, you know, you know your daughter looks at you, Dad. You know what I'm talking about. You'd do anything for your daughters. Daddy, you going to ride it? Oh, baby girl, I don't know. Peas, Daddy, peas. <laughs> okay. So I get, get over there and this girl, about 15, 16 years old, weighed about a buck, buck oh five, is harnessing me in. I'm 265. And they're paying her $8 an hour <laughs> to harness me in. I'm not feeling real good about this. So she says, oh, it'll be fine. And she starts going over these, you know, it's a routine. you got to strip this right there. And then we come back, you get through your top there. You pull the strap and you'll let you go. And you go down, you come back and we'll let you down. Okay. Whatever. And she's like, just strap me in real quick. I mean, I said, I said take your time. <laughs> I have a precious cargo waiting for me. Take your time. Lock me in. Years old. And he's just all giddy, man. He's like, yeah, let's go. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. I'm like, shut up, kid. <laughs> I'm trying to be, you know, manly about this. So we, you know, the, so it, it takes you back, and you start right here, and you come back, and it's not so bad. And you're right here, it's not so bad. And you're right here, it's not so bad. And you're right here, it's not so bad. And then they bring you like this. And I mean, I can't catch my breath. And, and they say when you get to the top, a little bell will ring, and you pull the, the lever, and it releases you. 
And that bell goes, ding, ding. <laughs> and I'm just staring. I'm paralyzed. And the kid goes, pull it, mister. I went, shh. Ding, ding. Come on, mister, pull it. I said, shut your mouth. <laughs> Respect your elders. He goes, come on, duck. Come on, dude. Push, pull the blabber. And I said, listen, I'm not. About that time he reached over and he pulled it for me. Shoot. <laughs> and we, we took, and, and whoo. And I don't want to exaggerate. We're clipping about 800 miles an hour when we come down <laughs> this thing. And, and I sound like a panther. I'm like, ah! I'm screaming. I've never been so scared in my entire life. Fear can be paralyzing. Like I said, I had a funny story there. You know, you look in the Word of God in the Bible, and there are, there are a lot of heroes of faith that had to overcome fear. So if you're dealing with fear today, I really believe that this message will help you, and that will help you deli deliver you from fear. Sometimes we deal with fear because Watch this. We let fear override our faith in God. We let our fear override our faith in God. Paul is a great example of this. We're going to read here in a minute, but Paul is in the middle of a storm and he has to make a decision as to which voice he's going to listen to. Listen, daily, you've got to make a decision who you're going to listen to. Because voices will talk to you. You've got to make it. Who am I going to listen to today? And anytime you're, in faith, you're face to face with fear, you'll have to choose what voice you'll listen to. The voice of faith or the voice of fear? How many remember that show Fear Factor? Years ago, remember that show Fear Factor? I used to like to watch that show. They had to complete a task that they were, you know, that involved things that they feared. If they overcame their fear, they'd complete, you know, complete the challenge and they may be able to win that challenge. Listen, anytime we knock on the door of blessings, fear, or promotion, favor or promotion, chances are you'll have to overcome fear before you reach that blessing. Before you ever reach that grand prize, you'll have to overcome fear. Remember this, you may want to write this down if you're taking notes. The voice you listen to determines the future you experience. What you're hearing, what you're listening to determines how your life's going to be every day. What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? In Acts 27, where we're going in just a moment, Paul's a prisoner and he's dealing with a storm. He's with 275 other prisoners. And they're on their way to face Caesar for a trial. And let me tell you something, folks. This is no ordinary storm, okay? They're about to experience a storm like no other. Verse 9, chapter 27 of Acts. Now, when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helms helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things Paul has spoken, or spoken by Paul. Well, of course he was persuaded by the helmsman. He's, you know, if you're making a sailing decision, it makes more sense to listen to the captain than it does the preacher. Absolutely. 
But here's something I want you to think about. The voice you listen to determines how long the storm lasts in your life. Paul is more than just a preacher in this passage. Paul represents God's voice. Paul represents God's will right here, okay? He's telling them where to steer the ship, and they just completely ignored him. And because they ignored him, they pay for it. Listen, that's what a storm will do to your life. It will cause you to lean on your own understanding. It will cause you to ignore the voice of God. And because of that, you'll experience repercussions for your choices. I want to just real quickly give you three keys that will help you in your time of storm. Because let me tell you something. Storms are inevitable. You're going to face one. You're going to face several. And you may be at a place right now where you're not facing any storms, and thank God for that. But get ready, because one's coming. Some of you are in the middle of a storm. Some of you coming out of a storm. Some of you haven't experienced one yet. It's coming. So you need to be ready. Number one, write this down. Be led by your spirit, not your five senses. Write that down. Be led by your spirit, not your five senses. Many times we walk according to what we see and how we feel. I'll give you a good example of that. How many times have you ever stayed up not worried, fearful? About what might happen. Not about what is happening. You're afraid about what might happen. You're losing sleep because of what might take place. You've got anxiety over something that hasn't even happened yet. Anybody besides me will be honest this morning and say, yeah, I've been there. I have. I've been there. In Acts 27, they ignore God's warning. Remember this, there will always be a loss when you ignore what God says. Always, you will always experience loss when you ignore God's warning. We're all being steered by something today. And if it's not the Spirit of the Lord, we will eventually shipwreck. These men were experienced sailors. They knew how to, na to navigate in bad weather. They knew what they were doing. But here's the thing. Experience doesn't always eliminate failure or disaster in your life. Ooh, that's a good one. Experience doesn't always eliminate disaster or failure in your life. That's why it's imperative, church, that we live by faith and not by sight. When we choose to do life with our five senses, we're going to end up in a storm, and eventually we're going to shipwreck. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Have you ever texted in anger? Have you ever emailed out of anger? Have you ever Facebooked out of anger? Do yourself a favor. The next time you text, email, or Facebook when you're mad, wait about 30 seconds before you push send or post. Wait, wait a while. There are countless emails, texts, Facebook posts, Instagram posts. People have sent and regretted it tons later. Here's another thing. Don't social media your problems to the world. Faith your problems to Jesus. I don't need to hear about that problem. And neither is anybody else reading your post. 
You say, well, I need to get it out. Well, then tell Jesus. Faith your problems to Jesus. See, we've got to learn to steer and navigate better by the Spirit. They ignore God's voice. And Paul was right. Look at verse 14 and 15 of Acts 27. But not long after, a tempestuous head wind arose called Euroclidon. That is Greek for Oklahoma wind. That's what that is, in case you didn't know. So when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. Some translations say they were driven along. They let the wind and the storm drive them into dangerous waters. Sometimes we find ourselves, church, living our lives driven by different voices. And what we normally do when panic, we panic, when we normally do is we panic. And, and panic rises up, anxiety rises up, and we just go with it. The thoughts of worries come at us, and we just entertain them. The fear of rejection comes at us, and, and we get depressed. Listen, we can't allow the waves of life to drive us into dangerous waters. That's what's happening right here. Some of, some of you are playing out scenarios in your mind, and you're letting your feelings of fear and anxiety keep you from the very best God has for you. I'm helping anybody today besides myself. Okay. Look at verse 16, Acts 27, 16 through 20. And running under the shelter of an island called Clauda, we secured the skiff with difficulty. When they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship and fearing lest they should run aground on the Sirtis sands. They struck sail and so were driven. And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day they lightened the ship. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. Now, verse 20. Now, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that would be saved was finally given up. This is what happens to a lot of people here in verse 20. When we allow fear to continue in our life, let me read it to you again. Neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest beat on us. All hope we would be saved was finally given up. It became so bad, they couldn't see the sun, they couldn't see the stars, and that's when all hope of being saved was lost. They went from being concerned, a little worried, okay, fearful, now just all hope completely being lost. That's what worry does. It causes you to give up. Worry causes you to quit. Worry will cause you to sit down, sit back, and just let things happen. Okay, so Luke is writing this account, okay? But now, can you imagine Paul? Paul, if he would have read this story and came to verse 20 and it said all hope was given up, I'm sure Paul would have said, well, maybe everyone else here has given up hope, but I haven't. See, here's what I mean by that. It's one thing to believe God will get you out of the storm, but it's another thing to believe he will allow you to go through the storm. Why do so many believers feel that they shouldn't go through storms? Why are we so shocked when we go through storms? I just didn't think this would happen to me. 
Maybe you've been laid off from your job. Maybe your marriage is in trouble. Maybe your family is experiencing chaos and rebellion. Here's the thing about storms that a lot of pastors will not preach about, but I will. Sometimes we go through self, write this down, self-induced storms. We cause it ourselves. So the question is, will God intervene in my self-induced piece of stupid that I did? I've done a lot of stupid stuff. There have been circumstances, self-induced storms that I've gotten myself into that I've asked, will God get me out of my own created mess here? See, right here is where we need to thank God for grace. Right here. Now, don't get me wrong, there's going to be consequences when you do, do big pieces of stupid in your life. There will be consequences. You will reap what you sow. Don't think you can just act stupid and throw a blanket of grace over it. Well, God will cover me. There's, there's going to be consequences. But through grace and through mercy, we can make it through those storms. Verse 22 again says this, And now I urge you to take heart or be encouraged, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. Here's the second point. Stay focused. Second key, stay focused. Right here in verse 22, we got good news and we've got bad news. The bad news is the boat's not looking good right, right about now. But the good news is we're going to be okay. 23 and 24, verses 23 and 4. For there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve, verse 24, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Oklahoma translation to verse 23 and 24, I'm not focused on the storm I see right now. I'm focused on the future that God has promised me. That's the translation. That's what that's saying right there. Here's the million, here's the million dollar question. How do you stay positive when the ship is breaking up all around you? How do I stay focused when I am in a season of loss? Here's the answer. Write this down. You've got to separate. You've got to learn to separate courage from conditions. Separate courage from conditions. If your courage is tied to your conditions, when your conditions get worse, you'll lose courage. If your courage is tied to your conditions, when the relationship falls apart, your courage deteriorates. So how do I keep, or how do you keep your courage when your conditions are beyond your control? You have to remind yourself that your courage, watch this, is never outside your control. How do you keep your courage when your conditions are beyond your control? You've got to remind yourself, my courage is never outside my control. See, courage is kind of like faith. You already have it inside of you. And the way you strengthen it is you start starving your fears and feeding your courage. Here, here's the thing. Quit trying to fix your situation. Instead of doing that, why don't you work on strengthening your courage? Paul said, And I don't know what you're facing today or what you're up against. I don't know what storm you're in. But I'll tell you this, you will win. You will be victorious. That numbness will stop in your leg, Brian. It will. 
You will be victorious. You will be healed. You're going to walk in healing, brother. I declare that over you in the name of Jesus. We got people going through some stuff here, going through some storms. If we'd stop and ask God to fix our storm instead of fix our focus, we'd see better results. If we just stop doing that, stop asking God to fix your storm. Ask Him to fix your focus. How many remember the story of Peter when he walked on water? Remember that? Got his eyes on the storm, got his eyes on the wind, the Bible says. Got his eyes on the waves, the Bible says he began to sink. Here's something I want you to think about. Do you think Peter would have been able to walk on water if it hadn't been storming? And the answer to that is no. Because a thing called gravity. Which proves this point. It's not about the storm or the conditions. It's about the focus of your faith. Fear, watch this, fear is fueled by focus. What we give our undivided attention to is what we'll focus on. If I'll take my focus away from fear, put my focus on my faith, I'll discover that my faith is also powered by my focus. Watch this, church. We don't need God to stop the storm so we can elevate our faith. We don't need God to fix the ship to elevate our faith. We need to fix our focus on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's where the answer lies right there. The next thing I want you to see is this. Don't put hope in the boat. Almost, almost, almost named this sermon this. Don't put hope in the boat. The reason all the sailors were freaking out was because they were trusting in that boat to get them to shore. Paul said, you know, Paul said this about the boat. He goes, hey, I like the boat. I prefer the boat. It's a whole lot better than swimming. But let me tell you something, guys. I met with God and my life is in his hands. We're going to be okay. Your life is in God's hands. You're going to be okay. The Bible says not one, nothing can pluck you from his hand. It's not in the storm. It's not in the boat. It's not in other people's hands. Your life is in God's hands. You know what fear is? Fear is full of what ifs. What if I go bankrupt? What if I can't find another job? What if I fail? What if I let people down? And we begin to worry and worry and worry. Write this down. Let me tell you what worry is. Write this down. Worry is a down payment on a problem you may never have. That's what it is. Worry is a down payment on a problem you'll probably never have. Did you know that 98% of what, what ifs never happen? 98%. And I get so hung up on that 2%. I used to. Well, what if? I mean, this could. And what if? And what, what if it never happened. It's probably not going to happen. And in the worst case scenario... It does happen. God will still be there when the boat breaks. Look at verse 22 again. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. Now, depending on how you dissect that scripture, how you break it down, this could either be encouraging or discouraging. Paul said the ship's going down, but we're not. The only word that stands between faith, fear, and faith is what you're feeding it. Whoo! That's the only word. 
The only thing that stands between fear and faith is what you're feeding it. Your words are either feeding your faith or your words are feeding your fear. Look at verse 41 and 42. I'm getting ready to close her down. Get ready. 41. Striking a place where two seas met, they ran into the ship, ran the ship into the ground. And the prow stuck fast and remained immovable. But the stern was being broken up by the violence of the waves. And the soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners. <laughs> That's not a good plan. They're like, thanks for the prayers, Paul, but we're still going to kill you, bro. Look at verse 44. Someone, someone, someone boards... Some on boards and some on parts of the ship, and it was so, so it was that they all escaped safely to land. Here's the thing God's going to pull you through. You may be floating on a piece of wood, but you're going to get through. And when I say maybe floating on a piece of wood, but you're going to get through, I mean, here's what I'm saying it may not happen the way you thought it would, your deliverance, but you're going to be okay. Thank God for that. Somebody say, Thank God. All right, make sure you still wait. See, too many times, and I've been so guilty of doing this, too many times we put our faith in how it will happen. Okay, how, how God? I got faith, but how, God? How are you going to make this thing happen? When we should be putting our faith in the God that said it would happen. See, we allow our faith to get caught up in the way we think it should turn out. You've got to place your faith in the right thing. You can't make it by placing your faith in the boat. Your faith has to be in God, not how it happens. So Paul makes it through the storm. Paul survives a shipwreck. Paul, Paul survives an assassination attempt. Now go to chapter 28, verses 1 through 3. Now, when they had escaped, they then found out that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness. For they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper or snake. Which everybody knows how I feel about this, right? <laughs> scared to death. Snakes. Yes, I said it. Scared to death. A viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. Holy moly. I would have just been gone to Jesus right then. I'm coming, Lord. Here I come. Paul's a prisoner. Been through a shipwreck. Assassination attempt. He's on trial. And now a snake attacks him. Watch this. When you begin to step out, and when you begin to do things for God, it turns up the heat on the enemy and it will drive vipers in the form of people into your life. Verse 4. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, oh dear Lord, they said to one another, Don't, no doubt, this man is a murderer whom, though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow to live. They have a committee meeting. They meet. They're having a committee meeting while the snake is attached to his head to discuss why the snake is attached to Paul. <laughs> Ain't nobody helping a brother out. Look at verse 5. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm, which brings me to point number three. There's always going to be haters in your life. 
always going to be people who put you down, who hate what you do, who won't support what you do, who talk about what you do, who talk about who you are. Let them hate. Let them talk. Paul knew God didn't bring him through a shipwreck, a snake bite, an assassination attempt to let him die. He shook that snake back into the fire. And you may be facing all kinds of things in your life, but no matter what you are facing, shake it back into the same fire that it came from. Today is the day, church, that we face the enemy and say, that is enough. Aren't you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Today's the day we take all that's latched onto us and we release it. Listen, you're not a victim. You are a victor. And if you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap of praise because I'm done speaking to you today. You are a victor. Listen, God has got incredible things planned for you. But there are going to be storms. And you've got to navigate through those storms. And how you navigate through those storms depends on the blessing on the other side of that storm. Some of us are in a battle right now. Some of us are facing things that we don't see any way through it. But here's the good news. There is a way through it. He will not. He cannot let you fail. He will not and he cannot let you fail. No matter how big it may be, no matter how tough it may be, you will see the victory. You will. And let me tell you this. Rejoice when the victory happens, enjoy when the victory happens, and then prepare yourself for the next storm. Because chances are your next storm will be greater than your last storm. Because if you made it through the last storm, then he knows you can make it through any other storm. It's just a process. It's called life. All this thing is, it's called life. Storms, called life. Thank God we're not, you know, we're of this world, we're, not, we're in the world, we're not of the world, amen? Thank God, we're passing through. This is just a, just, just a test and a storm that we're passing through. Victory will be ours one day, amen? Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for these incredible, awesome, totally awesome people. Lord, thank you for everyone that is here. Bless them this week, Lord. As we start, this is the week, Lord, that we start a brand new day. First day of the week. Lord, bless our kiddos tonight. Vacation Bible School. Bless the teachers that pour into their lives. Bless these people. Lord, some are starting new businesses, new jobs. Lord, bless them abundantly. Lord, some are, are, are in their jobs. Bless them. Bless that employer. Thank you that, that we have jobs, Lord God. Thank you that you provide for us. Thank you that you are the ultimate source, Lord. Nothing else, no one else, just you. We put our faith and we put our trust in you.